Hello and welcome back to the German New Medicine Podcast. I have returned from hiatus. Took a little break from recording podcasts and I wanted to jump back in and connect with you guys and share more ideas and more ways to help apply the knowledge of German New Medicine to your daily experience, talk about biological programs, clarify some things, and help you guys out in any way that I can. Something I have been focusing on during that hiatus is my online program. For almost the last two years, Steve and I have been creating courses, creating these programs to help people deconstruct their biological conflicts, look at them in a new light, understand them in a new way, understand themselves in a new way, because it was self-awareness and self-understanding that got me into this whole world of mental wellness and changing your mindset and all of the work that I was doing before I even learned about German New Medicine. And we are really excited about helping people in this realm because the tools that we have work really well for changing perception, changing experience, noticing how you work, how you tick, how do you get triggered, what is it that causes you to go over your emotional threshold and your body to react with activation of a biological program. And so that's what we've done in our online program. And we recently changed the format so that instead of having to be a monthly member to access the material, you can now purchase individual courses and dive in just to a particular conflict. So if you're um, dealing with the health symptoms of a thyroid issue or adrenals, self-devaluation, you can go to that specific course and just enroll in that and use the tools there and start to see the changes. And that's the thing is we really want people to immerse themselves in this new way of thinking to actually see changes, to actually see results, to actually close loops and notice patterns and see how you are engaging with your external environment to create your experience. And in this audio for today's podcast, I'm taking the audio from a video that we recently did for our Facebook group where we talk about changing the way you think about your problems. The way you think about your problems sometimes holds the key to solving them. If you think your problems are special and unique and unsolvable, you can take all the courses, you can hire all the coaches, you can do all of the things they say you're supposed to do, yet still not see the results that you want to see. And maybe by changing the way you think about problems, changing what you believe, your certainty in what's wrong with you, maybe that's the key to seeing the changes that you want. So that's what we will be talking about in this video. We also offer the opportunity to get a 20% discount on the Resolve courses. This will be time sensitive because it's uh, Cyber Monday week. And so we're doing it Monday through Wednesday. So if you're past that point, I apologize that you missed the sale. But as a consolation, I will let you know that you can use the code podcast to get 5% off the course that you choose. So let's get into it. Hello, everyone. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We definitely did. We were snowed in, but that was super fun. And yeah, what? It's Cyber Monday. So there's a lot of sales on things and we're doing a really fun sale on the Resolve material. And so we wanted to come on, tell you guys a little bit about that, but also really get into some helpful advice about changing the way that you think about your problem. So 
what Resolve is, is for the last like 20 months, uh, every month we've been creating a new program, a new course that deconstructs, shows you kind of the inside and outside of a biological conflict and what to do about it. So if you've had like recurring health issues, if you're having recurring mental, emotional, psychological type problems, we want to look at all of the different aspects of it and give you tons of tools for resolving it, for changing the way that you think about those problems. And so, yeah, we've divided up the courses so you can purchase them individually or in bundles, or you can purchase the master pass. And we're doing a 20% off Cyber Monday thing uh, through Wednesday night. And so that is an option opportunity for you to dive into that material. And it's awesome. Like these courses are extremely helpful for giving you something to work with within the realm of German New Medicine and understanding, okay, so my perception affects my physical body. Um, every single moment of the day, I'm, you know, there are messages being sent uh, to my body about uh, what's going on in my external world. And so many of the things are outside of our awareness. We just do it pretty much automatically. And uh, this is a way to take your mind off of autopilot, begin to see how you go about uh, continuing to engage in certain patterns of thinking that cause health issues and really practical, super useful things that you can do about it to start making those profound changes, which is amazing for your health, for your relationships. Every aspect of your life can be improved when you start using some of these tools. So we're really excited to have it out there for everybody to be able to, you know, to get into the courses that are interesting to you or relevant to you. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I like about Resolve is that it's, it's very practical. The interesting about this is that these are things that we were doing before you discovered German medicine, before we had any kind of direct or immediate health applications for this stuff. These are principles that we discovered or that we developed, right, uh, in our in our own life, um, or we learned from other people in some cases and experimented with, and then said, okay, then you know, what works, what doesn't work, what's the best part of this, and we were using these things to help people improve what it was like to be them, resolve conflicts before we even had any idea about the German New Medicine perspective on what conflicts were before we. Had even heard about this model of health and of understanding the stuff that goes on in the human body, and so one of my favorite things about it is it becomes it gets very practical very quickly. I mean, essentially the way the courses go is that German New Medicine says this particular type of conflict, well, you could say this emotional issue, this experiential disturbance, this upset, this this trauma, this shock um, causes these physical symptoms. And so we say, okay, that's interesting. What have we done to help people address that issue in the past, right? Before, because it's not like, it's not like German new medicine discovered new types of conflicts or new types of human experiences. These are things that we knew about before we had this particular way of categorizing them and thinking about them. And so people would come to us and we would be helping them deal with the emotional side of things without even necessarily thinking about the physical side. And so, at least particularly from my end, you're, you're sort of more interested in some of the biological and the stuff. My thing is, okay, here's what this person's problem is. How can we help them change it? Because I'm, I'm an experiential engineer. I sit down with people and they tell me about what, what it's like to be them is like, what the problems are, how they'd like to you know, create more of what they want and less of what they don't in their inner experience, out in their world, in their relationships, whatever. And I sit down and look at what's true and I talk to them about what's true for them and we start pulling levers and switching, you know, pushing dials, turning dials. I guess you yeah. sometimes I actually do push a dial and it doesn't work and then I got to turn it, right? Pushing buttons <laughs> and all sorts of things. What's the meaning? What's the belief? What's the pattern of focusing? What are the basic parts of your self-concept? Like 
what is the experiential ecology, right, of what it's like to be you? What made it possible for this shock, for this trauma to occur in the first place? Because you all know different people experience similar events and they don't have the same reactions to it. They don't have the same experiences of it. It doesn't mean that one's better than the other or that it's wrong to be upset by something other people aren't upset by. It just means that the human brain and in the human experience, it's possible for any given person to have a different experience of a particular event or stimulus than the one that they're having. That to me is really good news because if you're having an experience that's causing you emotional suffering, if you're having an experience that's perhaps causing you some kind of physical problem, that just means we can change it. That, you know, I think that's great. It doesn't mean we should. doesn't mean we ought to. It doesn't mean we have to. It doesn't mean it was wrong to have the one you have. It just means that it's changeable. There's nothing about you that cannot change. And that attitude is a very powerful one. You know, I, mean, I think when you sit down and you're just very practical about this, you deconstruct the experience. And so when we, we just did a module on bite conflicts, like wanting to bite back. You know, somebody said something to you and you wanted to snap back at them or someone has something that belongs to you and you want to kind of snatch it back or you know you feel like you aren't able to retaliate because either you're not allowed to because of the context in which the fight's occurring or you don't feel strong enough to do it because they've got maybe not physical strength they've got social standing they've got clout in the company or the business or it's you know your mother-in-law and as soon as you know she can say all sorts of terrible things and as soon as you push back she's the offended wounded lamb you know and all that, whatever the situation is and so we said, okay, you know, we, before, you know, we do anything about bike, I mean, clients don't come to you and say, I think I have a bike conflict. What can you do for me? They come to you and they say, you know, this thing's really bothering me in my life. I'm having a hard time in this relationship. I'm frustrated at work because I can't do that. And we've helped people navigate through those things. And so when we looked at bike conflicts, we said, oh, look, Dr. Hummer discovered that there is this and there's this, and then there's this and this, and here are different things that typically trigger this. And here are examples of real life events that tend to cause people to experience this conflict. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've helped people through those things before. Oh yeah, I've been in those situations myself. Okay, those are the categories that Dr. Hammer came up with. Okay, what experientially have I noticed? What patterns are there? What patterns have I noticed in people who have this particular issue? What patterns have I noticed in people who don't have this particular issue? And what ways have I found to kind of bridge the gap between the people who have this problem and the people who don't? And the people who have this problem, this isn't people who are sort of just too sensitive, right, necessarily. These are people who've had bad things happen to them. And what can I do to help someone who's had an event like that move over to the side of the fence where they're not necessarily happy about it, but they're not torn up about it. They're not traumatized by it. The event is not ruling their life. It's not directing their experience. It's not controlling their behavior. It's not interfering with their ability to create more of what they want and less of what they don't. And so what the modules or what the courses consist of is one, kind of identify the problem, give you kind of a very kind of brief overview of what German New Medicine says about it. Then we kind of give you our perspective on the experiential component of it, because there's not a lot of that in GNM. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty much here's a whole bunch of human experiences that are associated with certain biological conflicts or uh, adaptive programs that give rise to symptoms, you know, diseases. Um, but there's not a whole lot about, okay, fine, I'm conflicted about this. What am I going to do, right? Um, our specialty is is engineering experience. It's it's becoming aware of exactly what what we call what it's like to be you is made out of. And that's, that's kind of a weird phrase, but it's thoughts and feelings and behaviors and perceptions and not just thoughts, but kind of background lingering assumptions. There's this 
phrase uh, is called Hintergedanken in German, and it's kind of like, uh, I forgot exactly what the exact translation is, but basically this kind of these thoughts that kind of you don't necessarily speak or that are kind of on the periphery of your awareness, they, they're in there, and you maybe know they're there, but it's not like you're thinking, oh, I'm so upset about this, but it's constantly kind of lingering in your experience. Um, learning really just to identify and organize all that stuff so you can do something about it, you know, so that you have more personal power, so that, so that you have the ability to decide how you're going to experience and relate and respond to what is for you right now. Because I don't, for me personally, I think you feel this way too, I don't want to just respond resourcefully to the things that are the way they should be. I don't just want to respond resourcefully to the stuff that's fair. I don't just want to respond resourcefully to the stuff that's right. I don't just want to respond resourcefully to the stuff that should be allowed to happen. I don't want to just be able to respond resourcefully to the things people ought to do. I want to be able to respond resourcefully to anything and everything that, that occurs in my experience because resourceful response improves what it's like to be me. And that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in helping other people improve what it's like to be them. That's just what I like. You know, different people do different things. I like helping people have more control over their life experience so they can create more of what they want and less of what they don't. And when you make it about that, my personal experience is that when a person creates a shift and they shift to, I want to become a resourceful responder, I want to have personal freedom, I don't want to be constrained by, you know, things that I've learned in the past. I want to be conscious and I want to, I want to maximally access and leverage the internal resources that I have to take control of my life and like to, to learn how to do new things that work better and allow me to create more of the results that I'd like to have. That in a nutshell is what all of the courses are. I guess that's a very awfully big nutshell. What's, that, what's the biggest nut there is? Big um, walnut. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's, that's it in a, in a whale. Um, Coconut. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty good. And it's presented in the context of these particular conflicts that have been identified in, in Germany medicine. Yes. And that personal freedom, that really is what everything is leading to is that ability. Because before I got down this path of personal improvement and understanding myself and uh, self-awareness, I just, I just reacted to things. And I literally did not feel like I had a choice about how to feel about people having opinions and people, you know, saying certain things, upsetting me in certain ways. I didn't, I just reacted and I did not feel, I felt like that was just me. I felt like I just had certain traumas from my past that shaped me and formed me and caused me the, to be the way that I am and say, okay, listen, I'm, this is just how I am. And that's that. And I don't have any choice. I can't change this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm broken. <laughs> I'm damaged goods. And, uh, I'm sorry. You're going to just have to either take it or leave it, deal with me in the way I happen to be, or, you know, go on. <laughs> and, but once I realized, oh my goodness, there's like a whole world behind my eyes. There's a whole range that I just wasn't tapping into an ability, a skill to see what I was doing, to see how I was creating my perception. And once I started doing it, it was just like, oh, give me more. I want more of this power. I want more freedom to be able to respond, not based on my how I was raised and what I saw growing up and based on the traumas that I've had and the things that, you know, uh, really made me not trust other people, not trust myself. And I didn't, I didn't want to be controlled and ruled by my past, by my problems. And so this is kind of getting into what we want to talk about tonight is, you know, changing the way that you think about your problems. I used to think that my problems were special <laughs> and unchangeable and untouchable. And it's just me and just the way that I am. Um, 
but I had to, I had to be willing to sacrifice that, like that thing that I thought made me like a unique snowflake, which was all of my problems that are so unfixable and start realizing that I have to sacrifice that view of my problems in order to kind of take on this, this personal responsibility and this ability to change, which is so exciting and so fun, but it does require a giving up of this way that you think about your problems. You have to start thinking about everything as moldable and changeable. And for me that, you know, when you start seeing how much freedom is there, it doesn't seem like much of a sacrifice. It's like, oh, I get to give up the, the idea that I can never be changed or never be different. I'll always be this way. And I get to take on this, uh, this exciting new possibility that my personality can morph, the way I react and respond, the way I'm in relationship, all of that can change. And, but sometimes it can be hard to give up that, you know, that, our wounds, um, these things that really do, we somehow do hold on to them in a protective way and we're not willing to think about them differently in some cases. And if you found that certain things don't work for you, this may be at the root of why things don't seem to be working for you. And it's a really worthwhile area to explore. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, it's one of those things that, I mean, one thing that's interesting is that when a person is stuck in a particular situation, especially if they've been there for a really long time. They kind of dabbled in personal growth or they've tried therapy or they've done different, you know, whatever. Um, we tend to form an idea about what we think is going to help us. You know, I, I just need someone to, I don't know, clear my energy. I just need somebody to negate my soul contract. I just need somebody to hypnotize me. That's one of the big ones. I just want someone just to put, you know. I asked and, Steve to do that. I was like, can't you just hypnotize me and like take out all the bad stuff from my past and just so fix I said, that me was that the way. one thing I would never do. I would never because you <laughs> ask for it. I'm very suspicious. Um, and the interesting thing is, it's just a personal thing that I've noticed is that people who do well tend to be people who are willing to consider the possibility that what they think is going to help them is not actually the thing that's going to help them. Am I prepared to be helped by something that I don't necessarily particularly feel like doing? Not because it seems wrong, but because it just seems novel and different than anything I've ever considered before. And am I willing to give up the idea that I'm not going to get better until this thing happens? You know, And I think one of the interesting things, and this I think kind of ties into how do you take these courses? Because these courses are different. It's not like you, you get in and we say do da, 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 and then everything will be wonderful in your life. Because I don't think that's true. I think that's a good way to sell books. And I think it's a good way to sell courses. I don't think it's the only way, but I think it's a good way because people just tell me what to do. So often people, and it's understandable, you're in pain, you're in discomfort, you're in personal suffering, you know, you keep, you're desperate to create a different result in your life or whatever. You just want somebody to give you a different recipe. Um, the thing that I found though, there's this assumption that people have that, I'm messing up because I lack some knowledge. And if I just had just the, if I just had more information, or if I just had different information, if I had one more hit of information, <laughs> then everything would be fine and I'd be good forever. <laughs> and you get that hit and you feel good for a second, but then it doesn't really last. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really change. One of the biggest problems I find that people have is that they think information is going to fix them when it's actually not. It, it, what, what people generally need is not to be told what to do. They need to awaken within themselves the ability to be in their experience, immersed in the moment-to-moment -moment reality of what it's like to be them, and to look around and see what's happening. I can't look around for you in your experience. Only you are there at 9.45 in the morning in your experience when what it's like to be you is the way that it's like at 9.45 in the morning. Look around and make a choice about what to do. The ability to look around and to decide consciously what's going to serve me here. 
What's, what's my problem? Is there a problem? What's working? What isn't working? And the ability to assess the situation in real time. Like you're the only one that can do it. And so much of the course is like that. It's stuff that you're supposed to kind of read it or watch the video, maybe a few minutes, you know, a couple paragraphs, think about it, then, then drop it. Then drop. You don't sit down and, I mean, there are some journaling exercises that are good to kind of get you rolling, but the real meat of the program is you think about these ideas and you carry the thought with you into your life. And it's a different, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, if you sit down and read some personal change stuff, it's a different experience to sit there reading it and go, oh, that's interesting, or oh, huh, I never thought of it that way. Blah, 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 blah. Thinking about it there is different than thinking about it in the moment in which it would benefit you to do the thing that was thought about, right? To implement the idea. And so one of the things that we like to do is to, you know, just throw the idea into your mind and then encourage you to go out and just do your, do your thing, live your life, go to work get stressed, forget about it, whatever. And if you immerse yourself in the material enough, eventually what will happen is you'll be in the midst, you'll be in the trenches of what it's like to be you. And you'll go, oh, that idea, you know? And very often the first time you think about it, kind of irritates you a little bit. It's, it's probably like our voice. A lot of times my clients will tell me, it's like, oh, you know, I was doing the thing and then your voice came into my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think when you do immerse yourself in the programs, because there's lots of hours of content, uh, that may be the first wave that it starts, but soon our voices are replaced by your own voice. And that's this like, you know, all of the work that I do with individuals, it's all about teaching you how to coach yourself, teaching you how to install these kind of voices in your mind that guide you, that, that oh, okay, that allow you to notice. And that to me is the greatest gift because you don't want our voices in your head forever or like the books that you're reading. You want yourself, you want to rise up as the highest, most ideal version of yourself and have that version of you guiding you. You know, because our outcomes, the things that we want are different than the things that you want. And uh, we, it's basically just a, a guide to getting what it is that you want, how you want to create your experience. And you do that by engineering this internal world. And that's what the programs do is kind of give you guideposts and maps and directions. And, you know, when you are in this situation, what tools do you have access to? It's like a video game. It's like, you know, here, listen, we've got a bunch of tools that you can put in your arsenal so that you, when you come upon this, uh, <laughs> this monster, this boss that has, has caused you to go into certain, uh, pre-pattern programming and reactionary. It's like, oh no, you know, I've got something new now. Mm -hmm. And that feeling, it's so exciting. Um, and you know that you're doing it yourself. You know that's like, you know, because people don't like to be told how to do things. <laughs> you know, sometimes some people that we work with, like the, you know, and this is actually the kind of person I am to work with, <laughs> is the better the advice is, the more useful it is, the better it works, the more I can't use it until it literally is coming from me. Like it has to come very organically. It's like a little kid who, you know, they like, they don't, they don't want you to help them. Like, no, 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 don't, I gotta do it myself. And so many of us are still like that. We just have this rebellious spirit and we don't want Steve telling you what to do in your mind. It's like, no, I'm not gonna do that because you told me to do it. But you can learn if you are that type of person, if you are that type of learner, and you can start to, again, change the way that you interact with your world and with information so that you can better utilize the good ideas. Because so many people, 
they, they have so many tools. They just don't have access to them in the moment because of things like this, because they're kind of handcuffed by their rebellious spirit saying, mm. I can't do this mm. Wait, <laughs> because it's, not, it's really good advice. A lot of the times it's not even conscious. A lot of the times you could just tell, you know, and it's one of those things that, I mean, I noticed this, that for a long time, it's one thing to be able to understand something and then you understand it in a way that causes you to do it. And then you understand it in a way that allows you to maybe explain it usefully to another person. And one of the things that I'm always doing when I'm explaining things to people is I'm wondering about all the different ways they could possibly misunderstand it. You know what I'm saying? Not because I'm worried about it, but because I want to address those things and kind of build them in. And I think that, I think that really that rebelliousness, that, that disinclination to have outside authority sort of placed upon you is probably one of the most valuable parts of your personality. And so one of the big priorities that I have is, okay, how can I, this person doesn't want to be told what to do. And I think that's a great thing. And, and yet there are also ideas that I'm in a position maybe to offer or to present to you, like oh, behold these wares, you know what I'm saying? Sort of like, like a salesperson, you know, um, how can I present them in a way that allows somebody to adopt them without having to compromise that disinclination to be told what to do? And I think because that's one of the most important things. And in fact, what we want is, is more of that kind of conscious choosing from you. And so when you kind of go through these courses, the idea is, I'm trying to think about different examples. I remember we used to drink a lot of iced tea. So I'm from North Carolina, which is, I guess, the South, right? And so iced tea obviously was, I don't know if that's obvious, but that's something that basically you Sweet lived tea. on. It's the only way I drank water for the first probably <laughs> 10 years of my life. And, um, you know, you, you, you would brew it, you know what I'm saying? And then you would put the tea bags in the big pitcher and then you would stick it in the freeze, in the refrigerator. And then periodically you'd get the big wooden spoon out and kind of stir it around. I think the ideas are kind of like that. Like you introduce them into your consciousness and you kind of just let them sit there for a while. That's when you're just sort of reading through, you're watching the videos, you're just kind of immersing your consciousness in this. Maybe you're not even really listening too closely, just kind of playing in the background. And you're thinking, and there's a little thought that says, oh, that sounds dumb. And there's a thought that's like, what the hell is he talking about? You're like, oh, Melissa has some good points, but Steve talks way too much. And, never shuts up. And, it's, and it's okay. And you just li- and certain things appeal to you. Certain things maybe you don't understand. Maybe I didn't explain them very well. You know, maybe they're just very different. Um, certain things maybe you overlook because you feel like you, you're, you're kind of precognitive catcher. It's like, oh, I already heard that. You know, I've already, I know what that's about. So you kind of tune out. That's perfect. We're just steeping there. Then you stick the spoon in and stir it around, right? Then you kind of start implementing it. Now, I think one of the really interesting things about these ideas, and one of the things I think that makes it possible, because it's kind of it's kind of presumptuous of us to be doing this in a way. If you think about it, I mean, the amount of stuff that I write is like a 30-page notepad. Who do I think I am? You know what I mean? That like you need to write. Um, one of the ideas that allows me to be so verbose is, is that I don't think it's my ideas that are going to really do a lot of good stuff for you. I think something wonderful is going to happen when you make sense out of those ideas and figure out how to use them in your life. That's where the magic really happens. And it's like, we, like, and we have something called the Everbetter Life Course, which is kind of a different, a different thing. It's less health oriented and more just straight towards mind mastery stuff. And one of the, the ideas that I have is like I, I tell people or suggest that people do things in that course, not because I literally want them to do it. I want them to have an experience that comes with their attempt to do that thing. So, for example, focus your mind on what you want. Avoid focusing your mind on what you don't want. It's not a bad thing to do. But what's really interesting and what's really valuable for you is for you to watch and notice what happens when you attempt to do that. The point is not to succeed. The point is to notice, in many cases, Notice the manner in which you fail. Notice what stops you. Notice what gets in the way. Notice what pushes back. Notice what derails you when you're doing well. When you notice those things, you start learning more and more and more about how you go about being the way you are now. 
So this is all very active and it's all very ongoing. I was actually talking to somebody today who was, they're struggling to make the changes that they want in their life. And I, I think that a lot of people have a, a particular type of approach to self-transformation or improving themselves or their life or whatever. And it's like, if you've ever been to like the carnival or, you know, the, I guess again, the carnival is probably the only place this happens. And <laughs> it, it, I was trying to think of some other place that I could pretend that was the place I actually learned this. Um, but there's like that big, it's like this big tall tower and there's a thing at the bottom and you take a big mallet and you smack it and you want to hit it. We only get one shot and it costs $30 probably to do this, right? <laughs> and you want to hit it as hard as you can because you want it to go up and go ding. And a lot of people, their approach to, to changing themselves is that on uh, January 1st, they bear down real hard and they squeeze as hard as they possibly can and they hope that something inside is going to crack and transform. But it's really not like that. It's really a 70 times 7. It's really a, people ask, how much time do I need to invest in this course? And it's like uh, 45 seconds. I mean, if you sit down and read for 45 seconds and there's an idea that intrigues you and then you apply it when you're at your computer at work or when you're about to have a fight with your spouse or when you're driving in the car kind of zoning out, there's very little. It's almost like net time, no extra time. You know, it's not like, let me just punch. If I could just punch this problem as hard as I can right in the kidney, it would just rupture into the problem and die. <laughs> it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a Mike Tyson knockout blow. It is that 70 times seven principle. It's that you set an intention to do something different. You watch how you manage to go about doing it the same way anyway. You do not beat yourself up. You do not resist. You do not say, oh, I'm such a piece of crap. You do not say, oh, it's not working. It's never going to get better. You just go, hmm, isn't that interesting? Everything makes sense when I view it in the full context in which it's occurring. Does it make sense? It means I'm not viewing it in the full context. Let me just keep watching then. You know, maybe I'll mess up again and I'll see something new about it. It's just kind of just constant. It's like raising a child. You know what I'm saying? You don't sit down when the child's first able to understand language and say, okay, I got 40,000 pages of, of life I need to tell you about how to live. You know, it's constant little sprinkling and it's constant little things. You got to do that with yourself too. And that's the people who let do. us be your parents and enroll in the courses and we'll sprinkle things on you. <laughs> well, no, you got to kind of do it yourself. You know, it's kind of like we, I think of, of it as kind of like we've prepared a big buffet for you and it's like an enormous buffet. It's like, you know, you burn calories on this buffet because it's just a walk down it, you know what I mean? It's so long <laughs> and you sample certain things. And sometimes we've prepared it very well, but it just isn't right for you right now. You had an aversion to it. One time when you were young, someone you know screamed at you when you're reading that, so you don't like it or whatever. Um, it, just go try something else. And then you come back to it, and maybe you'll like it later. It's like, just because it's in the buffet doesn't mean that I think you need to eat it. It's because I think somebody in your position might sometimes want to consume that particular idea. When you have that kind of personal freedom... And that kind of relationship to this stuff, you do very well with it. Because you can always see what they got for me today. We went and went to a clothes store. There's a, we live in a kind of isolated mountain town. And so there's like one kind of cool clothes store in the whole town. <laughs> and we go in it about uh, 14 times a week. And, <laughs> you know, every hundredth time, we'll buy something, you know. And the people are very nice and they put up with us. It's like we're kind of a 70-year-old couple that comes in there, you know. Um, and I think they understand that we need to get out of the house and that this is pretty much the only place to go. Is that or Kmart, you know. And we go to <laughs> Go to Kmart maybe once a year, and that's about it's all. Kind of depressing. Yeah, um, it's like it's, it's only been two hundred and seventy nine days since we've been to Kmart. <laughs> so anyway, we go in that store, and we very rarely buy anything, you know. But once in a while, we find something that's really good, and we get it, and then we love it, and it's great, you know. And when you take that, if you'll just take that attitude right to the material, your experience of it will be so much better, and it'll it'll this kind of genius will sort of activate within you. You know, I think a lot of times people approach these courses or any course. And they, they, you know, like, have you ever felt like you should be attracted to somebody? 
you know, because they, they meet all the, or, or maybe your parents really want you to be into them or your girlfriends, you know, your social circle or whatever, like, oh, they're the perfect person for you. You know, you gotta, they're, and, and they almost just like push it on you so much. You're just like, you know what? I just, I made this mistake when my mom uh, was dating a guy and I finally, she dated a guy I really liked and I really was like her mom telling her like, listen, oh, he's great, he's perfect. His name is Steve. Everything's, how could it be any better? And I tell you, I made my mom hate this guy, you know, and uh, so it didn't work out. If, if you kind of force these ideas on yourself, I really should do this. Mm-hmm. There will be inside you this very wise part that will be, uh, that will recoil from them, you know. But if you take that kind of uh, experimental uh, attitude, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're doing things in a particular way and you're getting a certain set of results and you are, you know, more or less satisfied with it. Probably could be more. I mean, I, you know, everyone is in that position. And so you're going to tinker and you're going to experiment. You're going to play and you're going to see, okay, what are they talking about here? What's this about? Okay, maybe I could build a new experience of that person about whom I feel conflicted currently. Not because what they're doing isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. It might be even worse. But because it might improve what it's like to be me to create a better experience of them. Because it might improve what it's like to be me to be able to create a better experience of them. I still sometimes create negative experiences of people, um, but I know I don't have to. And I know it's me that's doing it. And so I'm free. And so even when I'm doing what doesn't serve me, I'm not kind of enslaved to it, right? I don't, I don't have these self-imposed kind of chains of, of, of habit on me. I say, I'm doing what doesn't serve me because I need a little salt in the stew every once in a while, but I know that it's, it's my doing here. I'm not constrained by it in the way that I used to be. And so you can't really increase a person's freedom by restricting their freedom. I think you have to start with that kind of basis of freedom. The, the disadvantage of that is that it, it's kind of an open-ended thing. It's not like, listen, just do, you know, just take a cold shower, meditate, think this thought 75,000 times, and then your life will be perfect. <laughs> you know, it, you, don't, you don't want that automation unless you have devalued yourself and caused yourself to believe that you aren't capable of, of thinking on the fly and of really making good choices for yourself. And if you have done that, you know, devaluation, it's, it's worth writing that. It's worth saying, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just capable of doing things more intelligently than I normally do them. And that will always be true. That'll be true when you're 10 times as smart and as resourceful as you are right now. You'll be capable of doing better. It's just just sort of like the cross you have to bear is this idea that you're always able to be better than you are at a given moment in time. When you learn to have fun and be okay with that, life becomes open-ended and wonderful. It's good now and better later. There's this really kind of fun attitude that that you take on and energy kind of to life. Um, But... Cultivating that is the hardest part. It's like plowing the field is a lot harder than planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. But plowing the field, setting the stage for this stuff, really goes a long way to just kind of throwing those ideas. You plow the field of your consciousness and just throw those ideas in. And you'll be surprised because it's really fertile soil. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we wanted to just give that to help plow the field. If you've been thinking about uh, checking out one of the Resolve courses, um, definitely do that. Go at least go to the page. I'll put the link up and scroll through all of the options because there are 16 different courses. Um, Steve spent a lot of time writing things to describe them to you so you can kind of see uh, which one suits your, you know, your particular either health symptoms, or even if you are like, you know what, I don't have any health conflicts at this point, or I'm not having any major symptoms, um, the ideas in the courses are not necessarily geared just to people with health problems. They really are these kind of high level principles that will help you 
deal with life stuff. So there's a relationship course uh, in there where the you know the German New Medicine perspective of shoulder issues has to do with a relationship self-devaluation. Um, but you could have relationship type problems and the solutions that we offer in that course help you tremendously, even if you don't have shoulder problems. Um, and so it's not kind of like a one-to-one, -one, oh, if I don't have um, that health issue, that course isn't for me. Go through and read the bullet points um, on the pages to see, oh, mm, that is that is about me, that is about me. Because a lot of even um, conflict type things can be subclinical. They can be to the point where they're not big and shocking anymore. Um, they're just annoying aspects of your day-to-day -day life. And so you can benefit so much from taking care of those, disassembling these things, turning your problems into projects, working on them before they manifest in some type of health issue, or you've just gotten so used to it that you're like, this is just how my life is. And that may not necessarily be true. So um, it's not actually the people who do the best. I mean, if you've got problems, you know, if you've got like remedial stuff, if you feel kind of in the in the hole, right, you're dealing with stuff, um, and we solve those things, the whole purpose of that is to get you to the point of building new and wonderful stuff. And so if you actually don't have anything particularly unpleasant that you're dealing with, or if you've just kind of gotten, you've been kind of stoic, you know. Um, I remember <laughs> I was talking to someone one time, and I was trying to kind of get her on board with improving her experience. And she was already working with me. It wasn't like I was trying to get her to sign up. I mean, she, she'd already paid me money. I was just kind of, don't you want to feel better than you feel right now? And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm just real tough. I mean, I could sleep out in the front yard in the bushes, and it wouldn't even bother me. I thought, well, that's, a, that's good that you're able to do that. But if you were able to go sleep in a comfy bed, wouldn't you like to? Don't you want the don't you want to be able to sleep in a comfy bed knowing that if things got hard you could sleep in the bushes and be okay and that sort of made sense to her so if you don't have a problem well then you just get to go straight to phase two which is improving what it's like to be you mm. which is kind of like you know rocket ship on um, and so yeah I mean it's kind of unlocking the genius and I think one thing we did want to talk about is like who 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 are these things for and who are they not for you know and and I think we kind of described some of give you an idea of who they're for I think one of the major criteria um, or criteria yeah, criteria, because um, we don't like for people to enroll in these courses and not do anything with them, because it's a waste of your money. It's a waste of your, I mean, I guess it's not a waste of your time because you're not doing anything with it, but it's a waste of your money, and that's that's not good. There's enough people out there who are going to benefit from it that we don't want someone to do it if they're, if they're not. Um, and are, if you're willing to think about your problems in a different way, doesn't matter how you think about your problems right now. I mean, you could you could think your problems are unsolvable. You could think uh, your problems are unique, that, that, that nobody can fix them and that they're never going to get better. You can think anything you want as long as you're willing to think something different, right? As long as you're willing to try on a new perspective and really experiment with it, then you're ready to really avail yourself of this stuff. Until you're really ready. And I think, I don't, like, it's a real thing. If you're not really ready to toy with a radical departure from the way that you're doing things now, Internally, you, just, you, don't have to, you don't have to go out and like buy a Ferrari or shave your head or walk on hot coals. That's not like crazy outward expressions. It's just substantial changes of, of kind of like internal things that we're often very attached to. I mean, that, that, there's like little things. Like, I'm, am I willing? Remember, my toughest, my toughest people that I've ever worked with have been people in my own family. It's been Melissa, who's been a wonderful challenge. Um, it has <laughs> I'm a been a wonderful challenge. Um, That's my true. grandmother, I think, has been a really because she's got some interesting patterns with her husband. And I remember at various times asking, like, "Are you are you ready to think about this guy in a different way? Are you ready to actually do the work to change?" And if you're not ready, I think it's important that you just be 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 very aware that it's possible to do something about it, and that you aren't because some part of you isn't ready to do it, and just sit and watch. 
and wait for that per, that part of, of you to get on board because you'll it, it will get on board. I mean, it's kind of like social pressure. You can so you can you can sort of pressure the internal parts of you. Like if nine people are ready to leave the house and go on the trip and you're not ready yet, you know, you feel a little pressure to hurry up. Some people don't. Some people have an amazing ability just not to be bothered. <laughs> but I, I start getting kind of the pressure, you know. Um, but if there's one part of you that's kind of hanging back, you know. Uh, if you force that part, it'll dig in, it'll entrench, it will fight you tooth and nail. But if you just say, listen, we know we have a problem. We know it's possible to do something about it. We, we know we want a different result. We, we know all these things is true. There's one thing, or are true, there's one thing that's in the way, and it's you. It's that resistant part. It's that uh, self-justification. It's that self-pity. It's that, that I'm, in, I'm in love with feelings that I hate. I'm attached to feelings that I don't like. And you just sit and watch it. And just sit and, and and observe that, and observe just and let kind of steep and simmer. Sometimes you gotta what's it like? What was it like? Yeast you gotta put in dough and let it do its thing in the dough for a while before it's ready to really turn into some nice bread. You want to permeate your consciousness with possibility, with an awareness of possibility. Let it ruminate. Right? We want you to sit and you know if this is what you need to do. If you feel resistance, wait until you can't stand it anymore, and then you say, I gotta. I just gotta, I gotta do something about this. I gotta take this, I know this is the right course for me. I know this is gonna help me. I know these people have things that when I introduce them into my mind, my mind's just gonna devour them and just come up with some really genius things that are gonna really improve my life and I can't stand it any longer, I wanna do it now. That's a really great way to get into a course. That's a really great way to start this stuff. We don't want to kind of drag it in. It's like, oh God, here we go. It's probably not gonna work. I'm probably not gonna do it. I'm probably not gonna do it. <laughs> That's tough. You know what I'm saying? That's like I've got a little slingshot and I pull it back and it's like there's like there's a bunch of slack in the in the thing and I let it go and the rock doesn't fly and I'm like this slingshot's a piece of crap. You want to really draw that thing back. You know, if it takes you an extra couple of weeks to draw that back, we're we're gonna be here probably. You know, and so you just pull it back and then you let it go. You really go flying. Mm. That works the same too, by the way. If you get a lot of problems, if your life is just an absolute just wreck, you know what I'm saying? If it's a disaster, if you if you if you're I've worked with people before who they, they had like kind of obsessive thoughts and things and they'd be sitting in their living room of the parents' house because they can't, they can't live by themselves and they would start thinking about uh, a, something that was glass in the bathroom and about how it wasn't broken, but they'd start thinking about how it could break and, and they'd become so terrified at hurting themselves on this glass that wasn't broken, but that could break at any time that they'd be petrified. They'd sit on the couch all day long sweating because they were concerned about that and they were, I could just watch them and I could tell you think you're such a loser. You think you're never going to amount to anything. You think that even if you get over this phobia, so what? You're in your 20s. You haven't made anything of yourself. You're sitting around thinking, even if even if I solve this, I'm still you know, 50 yards behind and 50 feet in the hole and all this. It's like, you don't understand. These problems are like a rubber band. And it's like we're stretching it further and further and further. And the worse off you are now, the more tension you've got, the more desire there is. And when this person started to think about it in that way, they started going, you know, all those things that I thought were liabilities, they, they might just actually be assets. If we can do, if we can find something new, some new way of thinking about it, maybe actually I'm not that far behind. I've got a little bit more ahead, you know. And when you start responding resourcefully to like your current reality, your current reality begins kind of working for you. I mean, these are like the people who've had terrible things happen to them, but they seem to have made something great with it, you know. They think about it differently. They think about those things not as something to overcome, but as sort of the reason for their success, you know, because they, they just find some new way. They take creative control of their personal history. And when you do that, like you really become unstoppable, but it's really easy to not do those things. It's really easy to accept the default meaning and to embrace the default experience and to convince yourself that's the only way that it's reasonable or right to feel. 
And then you, you don't get to use your brain, really. You just, you, you're just kind of like a recording device that just takes down everything you've heard, and there's no improvisation. Once you figure out, though, that it's okay to improv, that you're capable of improving, and that improving is a hell of a lot more fun than playing the same old you know, crappy tunes that you, know, you heard growing up, then you, you get this kind of boldness, oh, yeah. and, and, and life takes on sort of new meaning. And then you're ready to really start learning the techniques and things like that. So, All right, well, we'll wrap it up here for tonight. Thank you guys so much for watching and for being with us. Uh, Monica, that's great that you had that insight. She's been thinking she's permanently damaged, but maybe not. Yes, I mean, willingness to look at your problems in a new way, to loosen your grip on what you are so convinced, you're so certain of is true about you and your problems and unfixability. Uh, you know, just, just you don't have to let go. <laughs> just, just loosen your grip a little bit on how convinced you are that your problems are special and big and are gonna require you know, something that maybe doesn't, hasn't even been invented yet <laughs> to get rid of. Um, I know a lot of people have that perspective on their problems and just loosen the grip just a little bit on that um, will help tremendously. So yeah, if you are interested in res uh, enrolling in any of the courses, they are amazing and they are 20% off now through Wednesday night to give you time to like look through all the different options. Uh, use the code CYBER20 to get the discount and send us messages if you have any questions about it. If you're not sure which one is right for you, if you have a couple that you're choosing between, we will try to guide you as best we can. So have a great night. Thank you guys and we'll see you again soon. See ya.